0: I would like you to turn to Romans chapter 3 in your Bibles. We're not going to get there for a few minutes, but I definitely want you to go there. Romans chapter 3. I had mentioned that I was going to talk about hippies, and indeed I am. Hippies. An interesting group of people. They became known for several things. They looked grubby. Like, did you ever look at a hippie and think to yourself, "There you go, thank you"? Did you ever look at a hippie and think to yourself, "What a good-looking person! Like that person is just well dressed and well mannered and and groomed. They just looked, they looked terrible. They were always dirty. I can remember my dad talking about how these people needed to take a bath and needed to wash their hair. And I think they were right. The dad was right. That is what needed to happen. Uh, but that was part of their ethos. They were back to nature. Back to Uh, natural things. And so if you didn't take a shower and your hair never got cleaned, well, that was just part of what it meant to be a hippie. They were known for things like peace signs. Do you notice this? Two, Two different kinds of peace signs are in this picture. There's this, and then there's, of course, that peace sign hanging around his neck. They were known for that. They were known for doing drugs. Like the whole drug culture came out of The hippie era and people started doing LSD and they were doing marijuana and they were doing magic mushrooms, which would give you all kinds of hallucinations. They were known for, I can just say the first word and you can fill in the second word, flower power. Everybody knows. They were were known for flower power. You give people flowers and something good happens to them. There are photographs of National National Guardsmen from the United States standing with their rifles while some hippie comes up and puts a flower in the end of their gun barrel to promote the notion of peace. They were known for protesting the Vietnam War. And one thing that they were known for was sexual freedom. There were songs that said things like, love the one you're with. Okay? If you... You may love somebody else, but if the one that you love isn't there, then love the one you're with. And they weren't talking about just have a nice relationship. But it it, it tended to be a sexual thing. And so there was lots of what they thought of as freedom that was present in this way of living. The whole rock culture and rock phenomenon really came out of, rock and roll phenomenon came out of this whole era. And I'm not sure... If North America has ever been quite the same, like for those of you who are in your 20s, you think, well, that's a bygone era without, you know, no impact really on us today, but that's not the case. There was huge impact. And the fact is we have never, ever been exactly the same after the late sixties as what we are right now. Well, one of the things that came out of all of that was a denial of ultimate standards, a denial of ultimate standards. One of the things that the hippies talked about was how in this era of freedom, we are just to be who we are without all kinds of rules. Nothing should hold us back from expressing ourselves. And so we said things like that. Express yourself. And people express themselves in sometimes some bizarre ways. And you'd find people going to to huge rock concerts and expressing themselves by getting naked with whomever was there. Sometimes they express themselves by uh, protesting against the war in extremely violent ways. They express themselves with all kinds of fanciful clothes like these and colors and designs and the the notion of impressionistic art came out of this era in a way perhaps like it never has at any other time. And so there was all kinds of free expression, very free, very natural. And there's a sense in which that's kind of attractive. I have to admit it's attractive to me. The idea of everyone just kind of being who they are. Having the freedom to be myself. Gary Zorn might have some rules. He might think Kelly needs to be like this as the preacher. But I could just be who I want to be. And so I could wear what I wanted. I could act like I wanted. Because I'm just a free individual. You shouldn't be able to put any ties on me. Or any bounds. Make me conform to any kind of an image. And we talked about the establishment. And not conforming to the establishment. Well. I think that although there are some things that sound good about that, that there are problems. At least a couple. And here's a big one. Contemporary society, I think, tends to misjudge human nature. Thinking that it's good. Prior to the first service, I went to Katie and I said, Katie, what do you think? Human nature, good? Good? or bad if you have to make a choice and she said i think that human nature is generally not so good when i turn on my television i see bad news and we just seem to keep doing it to ourselves these bad things and so if you're this extreme optimist today i got to tell you i'm not not really. I think I'm an optimist in so many ways about life. But when it comes to asking the question about human nature and what we really are as human nat- uh, as human beings, I am not all that positive. I've lived a while myself now. And when I look around and I ask the question about whether or not we're getting any better, things are just on the road up for human beings, I'm not convinced. In fact, I think in a lot of ways, although we've made so many technological advances, there seems to be like we would be making such progress and moving in a positive direction. We, we keep killing ourselves. We keep finding people doing things in our society that just seem so unfree. That aren't moving in a positive direction at all. And part of this is, I think, that the hippie culture... I think that our society in general simply misjudges human beings thinking that we're good. And so we don't always do what is best for others. We don't always do the free thing, the loving thing, the peaceful thing. Sometimes, in fact, and you know this, whether you're watching a two-year-old or a 22-year-old or a 72-year-old, we are self centered people. And the two-year-old maybe is the prime example of that. But I've met some 82-year-olds that I thought were pretty self-centered as well. And that's the human condition. We tend to think about ourselves and what we want. And so one of the things that I want everybody to do, I want you to look at this Romans 3 text now. And I just want us to ask the question this morning, is the basic Human identity, good or bad? Basically. Are we basically good or basically bad? Here's what the Apostle Paul had to say. He said, what shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Verse 9. Not at all. We've already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. As it's written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they don't know. Like the the hippies can talk about peace all they want. But this says that the way of human beings is not to know peace. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And my impression is that Paul has nailed the human character. If we went on to look at verse 23, of course, it would say all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I would like to think that there's some basic goodness to human beings, and I do believe that God's image still resides within human beings at some level. But the fall, I'm afraid, destroyed an awful lot of the goodness about what it means to be a human being. And that leaves us, it leaves me, in a completely different place than the one who says, no, human beings are basically good and we can have freedom. And if we just have freedom and everybody acts as they want, we'll all end up in a good place. I'm not convinced. Well, here's another problem with this whole notion of what the hippies were trying to do. And by the way, you think, well, why are we talking about hippies? That's 40 or 50 years ago. It's because I'm not sure, again, that our society is all that much different. They impacted us significantly. We have continued down that path. It takes a completely different form. But human beings are still trying in one sense to say, no, let's just do this on our own. And this is a problem because it tends to leave God out of the picture. And that you and I believe, I think most of us do, that God should be in the picture. That there is something about our world that is not just human It's not just natural. We can get back to all the natural things we want to, but we're missing something crucial if we're just concerned about getting back to that which is natural because we miss, in fact, the whole question about a divine origin for our world and, in fact, divine control of our world, divine judgment, divine opinions about our world. Is this the kind of world that God wants it to be? And so the question that we have to ask All of us, I think, at some level, have to ask the question, is God real? Do we really believe this? Because if God is as real as you and I are sitting here, it changes everything. I am not just this free, autonomous human being living in a natural world without any kind of control, scheme, structure, plan, origin. God... Is at the source of this. And if he is, it changes absolutely everything. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Just turn a book over. From Romans, move on to 1 Corinthians. And this is interesting. This whole notion of freedom that these people held that they thought was so wonderful. Listen to what Paul himself has to say about this whole notion of freedom. Look at verse 12. And he's quoting, at this point, he's quoting those who would say, we're free. And he says, quote, everything is permissible for me. As if I'm a hippie, okay? Everything is permissible for me. And then Paul says, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me. But then Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything. And the point is, is that when we supposedly turn ourselves over to freedom in our world, totally natural freedom, we end up being bound by who we are. Naturally, we're bound by sin. We find ourselves after the fall not at all being what God wants us to be. And so this isn't necessarily this wonderful picture. Verse 13 says, food for the stomach and the stomach for food. Let's just eat And enjoy everything that we have. And then Paul says, but God will destroy them both. And that's right. You can't leave him out of the picture. He says the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And so we might think all things are permissible. Everything is free. But this is not as God has designed it. God has ideas about what He wants human beings to be. So, we've been talking for weeks now about the challenges that face the church in our world. And one of these huge challenges that faces us is the moral laxity that is present within our society. Because our society wants to say to us, We are free, do what we want. And God says, I am the Lord. And I have expectations. And I have standards. And I have ideas about what I want my people to be. And the fact is, if you choose my way as opposed to your own way that you think is the freeway, you will end up going the wrong way down that path free way and the right way a good way a blessed way a beneficial way if you choose the Lord's way now at this point here's the temptation for the church it would be so easy for us to say boy Kelly that's right God has standards that he wants for human beings what we need to do is make sure that we teach all of our children all these ways Make sure that they understand what God's expectations are. He's got the right way. We need to follow it. And there's a sense in which that's exactly true. But do you know what happens when human beings decide that the way to create morality, the way to create a society of goodness, the way to lead your children along a good path is to give them rules? You know, we've tried that. God even tried that. God gave human beings a law and said, live this way. And what was the outcome of the law being applied to humankind? What was the result? You know, Paul says earlier in Romans that when the law comes into human beings lives, what it leads to are two things, sin and death. Sin and death are the result of creating a list of rules by which human beings are supposed to live. And I guarantee you that if we come up with our new list, we come up with our new rules, or we just try and enforce the old ones in some kind of legalistic way, and we think that that's the means of salvation or even the means of righteousness, we will, I guarantee you, fail because it doesn't work. Human beings have proved it over and over and over again that the secret to life in God is not a new system of rules. And so you think, well, Kelly, wait a minute now. We've got on the one hand the hippies saying, we are free. And we've got on the other hand those who have been godly in the past saying, we need to live by a certain set of rules and we're not free. And you're saying, neither one works. So what are we going to do? Well, first of all, don't become a hippie. That's my best advice for this morning. It just doesn't seem to me like a fruitful piece of advice. For one thing, most of you would look really old trying to be really young. It just wouldn't work. Wayne, you could grow your hair out, put on a peace sign, and you'd look silly. It just wouldn't work. The second piece of advice, though, is I would say don't try and come up with a new set of rules. And so if you're a young parent, you think, boy, I'm going to knuckle down on my kids. I'm going to tell them exactly how to live. I'm going to show them the way they're supposed to live, and this will straighten everything out. Good luck. People have been trying that for a long time. You know what kids do in a situation like that? Nine times out of ten, they rebel. But there is indeed a biblical solution to creating morality and doing so in a way that is exactly how God really wants us to do it. And it comes under the new covenant of Jesus and life in the spirit. I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. This has become, this section of scripture has become one of my favorite portions of scripture and partially because I think this is where our hope lies for those of you who are young parents and you're thinking how in the world am I ever going to help my kids negotiate life through a world that is so immoral how am I going to get them to a moral place how am I going to get them to live the way God wants them to live well I think Paul offers a solution And he says it like this in verse 16. So I say. Live by the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And see, this is the problem before we have this sinful nature ever since the fall that we can't overcome. And when you take the law. Plus sinful nature, those two things added together, let's do that. In fact, let's do an equation. Look at at this hand over here. I'll do it backwards to me and, and right to you. If this is the first element of the equation, law, and you add that to the sinful nature, out here you've got an equal sign. Law plus sinful nature equals death every time. So something has got to change. And what Paul does is he gives us here new elements to the equation. And he says instead, have the spirit of life plus a new spiritual nature and it equals life instead of death. And so so I say, live by the Spirit, you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, so that you don't do what you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, and this is the secret to it all. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law, no new set of rules, But these acts of the sinful nature, which he's about to name, they're no longer part of your life. Look at this. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the problem was that the hippies or anybody else who tries to live this kind of free, natural, unfettered lifestyle will find themselves consistently going to this list because the sinful nature is still dominating who they are. But if by the Spirit of God... The sinful nature is transformed, which is so much what Paul wants to get across in Romans. Then there is a new way of living by the Spirit. And look at verse 22. Look at the contrast here. But the fruit of the Spirit, or you could say, but the fruit of life in the Spirit, the fruit of living as God wants us to in the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Boy, the hippies wanted peace. Here we go. They wanted real love. Here we go. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he says, against such things there is no law. And when he says that, what he really means is, these things can't be legislated. It is a new life, not a new set of rules. It's a new heart. It's a new mind. God's spirit takes you over. Rather than you trying to live by some code. And it is absolutely the only way I know for human beings to actually be successful in living a moral life. And so here's the challenge that the world gives us. The world says, live this way. And it's absolutely an immoral life. Like so often the world is just calling us into darkness. And Christ says, or, live the way of the Spirit. And following after Christ, giving your heart completely to Christ, allowing the Spirit to live within you because you've given yourself completely to Jesus, it's the only way I know for human beings to actually live moral lives before God. Will we be perfect? No. But for the first time in our lives, there will be a power there. A means of actually making progress in the moral life that God wants us to live. And when it comes to teaching your children or anybody around you about what it means to live the moral life, this is the only way for a person to find him or herself living in Christ. And so if you have questions about, boy, you know, there's things in my life I'd like to get rid of. How am I going to do it? I've struggled with this for so long. Part of me wants to say, stop struggling. But that doesn't mean give in. It means stop struggling and accept the life that God wants you to have by his spirit. Understand that the Holy Spirit is given to Christians as a powerful force within us to transcend our humanity and change the sinful nature and make us spiritual beings that God wants us to be. Anything else, I'm afraid, will be failure. In terms of trying to live the moral life. This is, in fact, the way. We need to choose this way. If there's any hope for humankind and even ourselves to live the kind of moral lives that God wants us to live. Let's pray. Father, there are people here today who need to choose your way. We need to stop trying to live by the law. We need to stop living according to our own selfish freedoms. We need to center our hearts and our minds on you and your will for us and recognize that it's only in you that we have real freedom. It's only in you that we have really changed hearts, transformed lives, and the capacity to live as you would want us to live. And so, Father, for each person here today who has not chosen that yet, help them to. Move them through your Spirit to to be transformed and to choose the life that you would want them to live before you. Father, we have this huge challenge of the world saying that to, to go their way is the way. But God, it doesn't measure up. It's not at all how you want us to live, and it ultimately leads to a life of darkness. Help us instead to stand where you want us to stand, in the light, blessed by the Spirit, living as you want us to live, It's through Jesus we pray. Amen.